You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startville. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents all across the state of Mississippi there to help you with their great customer service, home life, auto, whatever you're in the market for. Our good friends at Farm Bureau. Charlie, I almost let you lead this thing off today. Got to shake something up, right? If we're going to shake things up the rest of the way, let's shake things up. Let's do our part, too. All right, welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Charlie. Is that I've already I've already said oh, that, okay. so I wanted you to bring something else, but that's okay. All right, uh, elephant in the room here, and uh, it is Chris Lamonis making a change yesterday in the direction of our pitching staff. Is that about as lightweight as you could possibly say that, Charlie? Yeah, I was going to say you. Uh, <laughs> I think you soft sold that one a little bit uh, because this is rare. This doesn't happen very often in college baseball. Happens all the time in college football that a staff has changed at week eight, nine, ten, or whatever, where you just have to do something to let some pressure off. Very, very few times. You and I were talking earlier. I can't think of many times. There's one or two, but not many times in college baseball where something like this happens during a season. No, and you know you see it sometimes in professional sports, but professional sports are so different because you have the waiver wire and you have you know trade deadlines and trading and bringing guys up from Double A or Triple A. When you're at this level, you have your roster and that's it. You can make no roster moves, and so that's one of the reasons you rarely see any kind of coaching changes because you kind of are what you are. Now, who was it? Was it New Mexico this year who got rid of their head coach? New Mexico State. New Mexico seven State. Games in. So that was uh, the Aggies. They were maroon and white as well. So uh, Scott Foxhall, uh, hey, let me tell you this, and let's start here. And I think if you talk to anyone associated with the program, people around Startville, they'll tell you a lot of the same thing. Scott is a good guy. Scott is a, has a great family, and um, hey, I'm uh, Scott Foxhall helped bring us a national championship two years ago, and so you start talking about the business of sports, and today or yesterday, you kind of see the business of sports, and now you can debate whether the move was made at the right time. You start looking at 11 games left in the season. Chris Lamonis, from what I am being told, is going to coach pitchers the rest of the way, that I'm not going to bring in an interim. I'm going to coach the pitchers the rest of the way. Uh, They're going to have one sole voice, and it's going to be me. And so you see some people say, why don't you let it, you know, wait to the end of the year? Why don't you let it happen right now? There are positives and negatives to both ways. Can I give you one that we had not thought of? Okay. And you talk about the way things work out can be funny. So two guys that we're friends with, Steve Smith at Baylor, Mitch Thompson, now the head coach at Baylor. He was the associate head coach. 
and Mitch Thompson was let go by Baylor at the end of February in 2012. Season had started. What, 10, 11 years later, he returns to Baylor as their head coach. Won a couple of junior college national championships along the way. So you're saying 11 years from now, Scott Foxhall is going to be the head coach at Mississippi State? I'm making no such prediction. I'm just telling you, although those <laughs> circumstances are a little different. That was a, a personality issue as opposed to a performance issue. There isn't a personality issue here. This isn't one where a couple of guys could get, you know, couldn't get along. But I want to give you a theory, Bart, and that is this. We should have seen this coming. Not in terms of Scott Foxhall being let go. That that's you know, at this point we will see what impact that has on the rest of the season and whether the timing needed to be it the way it was. But let's talk about the broader pitching issue a minute. Shouldn't we have seen this coming back in twenty one? And I get it, we won a national championship and you had Will Bednar and you had Landon Sims and you had Houston Harding and you had McLeod. We ran 24 guys across the mound that year. So we're coming out of COVID, right? And we have added a ton of guys to this pitching staff. We threw 20 guys more than nine times. So 20 pitchers had more than nine or more appearances that year. And what did we say at the time? We actually said this two years ago about how do you get them enough work? How do you get them enough work? And is this a situation that is going to be good for us in the long term? We actually brought this up. I remember sitting right here in the studio, and we were talking about development of young guys. Hey, wasn't, didn't Scott Fox all stay back for a game? Didn't we play a midweek game somewhere where he stayed back just to work bullpen sessions? Yeah, sure did. He, he got to the game late. We were playing down in Pearl. I think it was the Southern Miss game. He's here with about six guys throwing bullpen sessions who aren't even going to the game. So down there, and you start to look. Because the first thing I think of is is everybody dealt with a COVID year. I mean, every program dealt with it. But we said at the time, we're carrying more pitchers than anybody else in college baseball. 24 guys pitched that year. And so you start looking at a freshman in Casey Hunt. I think of a freshman in Kate Smith that year. Parker Stinnett had just gotten here. Am I right on that? That's right. I mean, and so you've got some guys, hey, that are no longer here. You think about a Dylan Carmouche. All right, so let's go through the list of guys. Xavier Lovett. Who were on that staff, okay? You had Cole Alford, pitched a third of an inning, don't know where he ended up. I don't I mean, can't be found. Dylan Carmouche goes to Tulane, becomes their Friday night guy. That's just kind of. I think it's like a five yeah. ERA, and he's been okay. Not great. Vegetable lasagna. And you had a number of appearances that year. Carlisle Kessler, who graduated. Chase Patrick, who graduated. But then you get down to it. Guys that needed to be in that development year. Mikey Tepper. Jackson Fristo. Eric Sarantola. Jackson Forrester. Xavier Lovett. Davis Rokos. So you think about all those guys. And it was almost like you tried to grab too much. You saw something special in all these guys, and that was the the old line that had everybody stirred up on the internet, you know, that we've got a bunch of unicorns. Maybe you don't need that many unicorns. Maybe you just need a few thoroughbreds. Yeah, um, or a few greyhounds. <laughs> That's some, right. some dogs chasing a rabbit. And it really makes you look back to the way the last two national championships have been won. I mean, we got high. We were a national seed, but – we were a seven national seed, and the people in South Bend thought that they should have been the national seed, and we should not have been. 
And so we were one of the top teams in the country and won the national championship. Christian McLeod that year had some really good outings, but he had some pedestrian outings as well. He was and he later found out that he had some injury issues. He had some injury that. issues as well. But at the end of the day, we got hot at the right time with a handful of pitchers. And, of course, Will Bednar, of course, Landon Sims. Houston Harding was good down the stretch too. And then you look at Ole Miss last year. They got hot with one guy at the end of the year in a starting role. And so that's kind of the recipe to win it all. And so you look back to how many of those young guys who just didn't develop. And, Charlie, we were talking about this off the air, about when you start looking at ERAs between freshman or 2021, freshman year compared to now. Well, it's 2021 to right now to 2023. Some of those guys were not freshmen. Sometimes they were junior college transfer. But the ERAs are staggering. We talked about so many times about pitchers, in ERA, it's almost like free throw shooters in basketball. A guy comes in as a freshman and he shoots 60% at the free throw line. The next year you want him to shoot 65% and then 70% and 72%, whatever. You always want to see a guy that gets better. And you want to see the same thing out of an ERA. But when you look at guys in their ERA, it is staggering to see how some have moved backwards. Yeah, as you work through the list, I mean, there's, it is very difficult to find anybody whose ERA has not gotten worse year over year. There there are very few exceptions. But just look at it as a team. In 21, you had an ERA, 4.04. It went up over two points last year, and it's gone up another half point this year. So you've gone in two years from an ERA of four to one over six and a half. But I just wonder, we, we talk about a lot of things in terms of what's gone wrong in pitching. One is evaluation. One is development. But I wonder, because on that development piece, we tend to think about being in the pitching lab, teaching guys grips, teaching them to throw, that kind of thing. But I wonder how much of it dates back to, in 20, not being able to get out on the road and evaluate, bringing in the huge class of guys in 21, and just having too many guys to work with, not enough innings to throw. So, I don't know. I don't know that we'll ever know the answer, but that's – that's a question. The other thing is, look, if you, and I get it. People say all the time injuries are a part of it. But, man, because of the way COVID played out, because of the way injuries played out, we basically saw one season of Landon Sims, one of the best pitchers this school will ever see, and we basically saw a year of him. We saw basically one year of Will Bednar. We've seen basically one year out of Stone Simmons. You know, you can go through. We've missed – a lot of innings from a lot of important guys. Then that gets into the question of, well, why are they all getting hurt? And Yeah, we're not getting into weighted balls and things like that. So let me ask you this question. It just appears to me that injuries played a bigger part last year. Now, I know we're without Pico Khan right now, and Kate Smith had his issues earlier, Parker Stanett, and some of these guys had some soreness. But it seems to me like last year kind of got the ball rolling. And – I hate to say it like this because I'm just trying to think think of a nice way to say this. Last year, it's almost like it taught you to lose a little bit, and you couldn't get out of that man mentality. I think this year is more mental. I think it's here we go again. Am I wrong for saying that? It's a, you know one of the things about hitting is contagious, and fielding is contagious, and pitching is contagious. I think losing is contagious as well, and I think last year kind of threw you in a tailspin. 
And then this year when it all started and things didn't go 100% the way you wanted them to, then I think a lot of us, all of a sudden it came to maybe we're not as good. And we've, we've said this all along. You've got to play at this level, at the highest level of college baseball, with an edge, with an arrogance. I hate to say it that word, but you got to play with an arrogance. And I don't know if we have that air because last year we were kind of taught how to lose a little bit. Am I wrong for saying that? No, I don't think you are. I, I think there's something to that. And to me, that is one of the reasons why you make the shakeup now. It was inevitable. It was going to happen, be it this summer or now. I used to work with a guy whose favorite saying was, let's do something even if it's wrong. And isn't that kind of where we are? We need to do something. I mean, we, you and I have talked about all the things you need to do in the locker room, you know, so that guys talk to each other differently. Maybe they need to hear some things differently. Maybe they need a different voice. I, you've heard me say before my, my Methodist minister rule of coaching, you know, every six to eight years it's time to, time to rotate because the voice needs a new congregation and the congregation needs a new voice. And you may not want to go to Decatur, but you're packing up and you're <laughs> headed to Decatur. And that guy's hap- packing up and headed to Senatobia, and that's just the way it is. What's wrong with Decatur? It's home by East Central, man. That is the college. College with you in mind. mind. Yes, it is. And who also has you in mind? And that's our good friends at Tracks Plus. Tracks Plus, located just down south of Decatur in Hickory, Mississippi. Tracks Plus, go to tracksplus.com for new or used heavy equipment. The Barco forestry equipment, the Saney excavators and mini excavators for the dirt contractors. Go to tracksplus.com. Hickory, Startwell, Summit, Mississippi, Alexandria, Louisiana, and now over in Bessemer, Alabama as well. They have you in mind as well, just like East Central Community College. Tracks Plus, Chris Queems, he's an East Central guy, OEC guy. Pretty sure that he went to EC. Everybody down there goes to EC. So, Tracks Plus. And we're also brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing, made right here in the state of Mississippi, down in Florence on Highway 49, Country Meat Packers. They make that great Country Pleasing Sausage, so many different varieties. You know, five years ago, they had just a couple different varieties, but it seems like everything they come out with is a complete hit. I had some jalapeno cheddar just the other morning, and I eat uh, Country Pleasing just about every day. Whether it be some kind, whether it be blueberry maple every now and then, but I like the, just the old original. And you can get it now throughout grocery stores around the southeast and also great restaurants as well. Our good friends at Country Pleasing, they'll ship it to you. Go to countrypleasing.com. Well, Charlie and I will come back. We'll talk further about Mississippi State baseball and the final 11 games of the season. Once again, thanks to our good friends at 107.9 WFCA sharing the show with you each and every week. We'll come back on the other side of the break. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startville, talking about Mississippi State baseball and Charlie, 11 games left. we got the Arkansas Razorbacks this weekend. Hey, we talked about it the other day. I'm running from you on Friday. Not going to be there. It'll be you handling the play-by-play, Matt White handling the color. I think i got to double-check with Matt, make sure he's got it on his calendar. You don't want to do it by yourself, do you? You know, I've done that. Not on TV. I've done radio. 
the the worst radio experience was doing a double header by yourself. Yes. And that was back before the pitch clock. That was back in the John Cohen days where you'd play all afternoon. That's when you're writing the lineup down for the first three innings of the second oh, game? Oh, my goodness, because they can't turn in a lineup before about five minutes because you think there's a state secret there. <laughs> Florida um, used to be so bad at that, and John was bad at that too. I remember Pat McMahon walking up five different lineups one time and said, I'm going to pick one about 20 minutes before game time. It was five different lineups. I kid you not. <laughs> I mean, Which is a radio disaster right there. Some so, level, just, just roll the balls out. So I'm going, to, I'm going to sit at the house and tweet you guys is what I'm going to do. Now, I'm going to be in a graduation ceremony. My daughter is graduating high school. And so I may not be listening to the game, but I may be tweeting you and just saying, just hey. Just to complain. Just to complain about everything. So here's what I want to know from you. You'll be sitting there watching, phone in your lap, no doubt, during graduation, earpiece in. Never mind the broadcast. What is it that you want to see from Mississippi State? And I mean this not in terms of effort. I mean it in terms of, obviously, we want to see the team play hard. What in terms of style of play and what in terms of managing this pitching staff? For example, do you decide I'm going TBD, TBA on Saturday and Sunday from here on out and I'm just going to throw, <laughs> if i got to throw all four starters in game one to win it, that's what we're going to do. So you want me to tell you my philosophy or the philosophy that, Chris Lamontis is going to use. I want to hear your philosophy. My philosophy is this, is it kind of goes back to the old Connor Pilkington pitching in the minor leagues. I want to look at Cade Smith and say, let me tell you something, I need seven innings out of you, and you're going to pitch seven innings tonight. And so you're going to have to figure out, and I love Cade. Cade's a great, great family, love Cade to death. But almost, it's almost in the back of your mind, if I know I've got to go seven, I may start the first inning at 90% or 92%, 93%. I might try to throw some two-seam fastballs just to get some action and a ground ball. If I know I've got to go, I need this team. I need This team needs me to go six or seven innings. And just walk out and say, Cade, don't look at the bullpen. I mean, we ain't coming. And so this is your this is your horse. You better ride it for about seven innings. And so I listened to Jay Powell the other day, and Jay brought up a good point. He was talking about how that, you know, when he was coming up pitching, you always pitched at 95%. And that way, if you needed that extra 5% on a, fit, on a pitch, you had it. And it could get you to the 6th or the 7th or maybe the 8th inning. I think that's kind of what I want to see. I want to see a starting pitcher take the bull by the horns and get out there. We need 21 outs. We need, we need, 20, we need 18 outs. I'll say 18. 18's a good out number. And say, so, hey, just, just get it done. That's what I want to see. Is that asking too much? Because you're asking these guys to do something completely different than they're used to doing. They're used to max effort. So therein lies the issue. Let's assume for sake of discussion that you and I agree that we've got to get back to pitching to contact a little bit, which I think we do. Can you turn – is that a battleship that takes a while to turn or is that a speedboat? I mean, how fast can you make that turn? Because we've only got 11 games. Well, and, and in that situation, I think – so much about so much has been talked about pitch selection. We've talked about that ad nauseum here for the last two and a half weeks. If I'm a pitcher or if I'm calling the pitches and I understand that I need 18 outs, I'm not nibbling with a breaking ball on one one. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm I'm picking. I'm not throwing a changeup on three two. 
I mean, I'm, <laughs> certainly not twice. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm establishing. I'm establishing the strike zone early in the count, and I am not putting. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to throw fastballs all the time. You've got to mix in. Don't get me wrong, but instead of trying to fool guys, hey, let's let's get them to put it in play. And you know what? If we if we kick it at, at third base or kick it at shortstop, it ain't your fault. But daggum, fill up the strike zone early, early. Not 1-0, not 2-0. I'm talking about 0-0, I want to strike. And it goes back to something we've talked about before. Solo home runs typically do not beat you. It's the walk before the home run. It's the two walks before the home run. It's the hit batters before the home run. I mean, it's not very often that teams are going to bunch together, hit, 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 and a home run. It's Think about what we saw last weekend. Walk, walk, home run, and then you do it again. Right, so I think for me, I, w- I, I can get on board with that approach, which is say, hey, you're going to have to own some innings. So you agree with me? No, I, I This do. is one of the few times that you agree with me, Charlie. I'm- no, when it comes to baseball, <laughs> I seldom disagree because I think I, – I don't think this is complicated. Um, now, the problem that you have, I think, in, in kind of going to this idea of pitching in the zone is – it's one thing to say pitch to contact. It's another thing to learn that you can, right? I mean, to some degree, it's easier to pitch to contact if you're Kendall Graveman and you've gone down to LSU and got 21 ground ball outs, right? Now I know I can do it. None of these guys have had success pitching to contact because none of them have. And you're, you're asking for a very different mindset. And I do, like I said, I think it's the mindset that we have to have, particularly given injuries on the back end. I think it's it's a lot to ask, but I think we got to ask it anyway. You can't be afraid of failure. It's what you're taught in sales. I mean, it's what you're taught in everyday life if you're in the, any kind of sales industry. And that's one of the things I was taught early on is, hey, you're going to be told no. I mean, so many times a sales manager says, hey, did you get your yeses today? Some people say, hey, did you get your no's today? Did you at least ask? Did you at least try? Failure is not a bad thing. It's how you react to it. Oh, I don't know. You ought to hear a few people who sit in front of us. <laughs> they don't take too kindly to failure. Say, are you tempted to put out cards in the stands? Just so everybody knows he's staying out there for 18 outs. Don't yell. <laughs> put it on um, some fans. Yeah. Put a QR code where you go to <laughs> Today's game plan. <laughs> he will record 18 outs. Barring dislocation of the right shoulder. Well... Hey, this is not fun. I mean, it's not fun for anybody. Oh, no. And Now, that being said, I guess I find myself, like I do many times, reacting both ways. Um, when you sign up to be a baseball coach or a football coach or a basketball coach, to some degree, you understand that this is part of the deal. And it doesn't – that's the thing that gets me. A lot of times, you can still be a perfectly good coach. It's just a need to – you got to have a change. You, you got to have a different message or a different messenger. So on the one hand, when coaches go into that, they understand, hey, I'm getting into this. On the other hand, I don't love the, you know, all the celebration to see a guy. Just as a, a personal thing, I don't love seeing that. I think living in town, you sometimes get closer to people maybe than you should. And you, you kind of get – you understand it, but it doesn't mean you relish in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And so now we're at the spot where we just got to try to piece it together. And I think the big thing for me is my hope for this weekend is that we can find a way to 
support these guys who are going to be taking the mound and, man, see if we can get them through it. Are you coming to the wiener dog race? Absolutely. We talked about this on Sunday Coffee, and the more I thought about it, the more questions that I have. But I'm not going to ask you a bunch of questions about the wiener dog race. And, of course, what we're talking about is the the Startwell Derby. The Startwell Derby. Chris Jans, is he the MC? He, or he's is he the Grand the, Marshal. He's the Grand Marshal. So does he let his dog go first? You know, I don't know. Do you have, you know. And I'm told, by the way, that Bart Heisch will be broadcasting the Startwell Derby on his uh, Heisch Hoops Network. Well, I was going to ask if somebody was going to be broadcasting this thing because somebody needs to be broadcasting this thing. Now, I did ask you about how you, can we get lineage on all these dogs, try to figure out, you know, something about their history and about their past, see where it could possibly handicap this thing. Then I got to thinking about gambling rules and in the state of Mississippi, and we don't want to create Being a state employee and all. Yeah, probably doesn't a candidate for public office. Probably uh, ought to let that go. Might uh, might pass on that one. And so, of course, if you're coming to Startwell, trying to make your plans for this weekend or any other weekend, go to startwell.org and go to Mississippi's College Town. Try to figure out the, what restaurant you want to eat at, make the reservations, where you want to stay, what you want to do while you're here. The farmer's market started a couple weeks ago. I saw the flowers. I'm telling you, I was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania a couple years ago at a farmer's market, and I tell you what, the lady that brought the flowers, the, she was the hit. And so I saw some flowers at the Startwell Market last weekend. Are these cut flowers or flowers that you can go home and plant? No, cut flowers. Okay. Cut flowers, put on the vase. Not bulbs. No, 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 no. Bulbs are planted to fall. Yeah, I don't. See. Uh, <laughs> kind of lost me there. <laughs> hey, can I give you one thing before we go? Sure. We talked about how pitching had regressed, and we've talked before. We're not letting the hitters off the hook here either. But you know what has not gone backwards the past couple of years, and that's hitting? We basically were the same in 21 and 22. Our batting average as a team this year up about 10 points. Our slugging percentage compared to 21 up about 70 points. So not everything is lost, right? Which means – if we can turn it around on the mound. Hey, if we throw strikes, we're not a bad team. The silence is deafening, Charlie. That's just a pretty big if. <laughs> but um, but we got to field it better. Uh, we got to field it better behind our pitchers. Yep. But I do agree. It, it's the walks that have beat us. It has. Hey, uh, once again, thanks to our good friends at uh, Heartland Catfish. Each and every week, Heartland Catfish, we talk about great restaurants around the southeast. And Heartland, of course, the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you can possibly want. And if you go to a great fish house, you just ask them, hey, where do they get it? And if it's not good, say, hey, let me tell you something. I know where you can get some good stuff at. And that's at Heartland Catfish. You no, you don't add the ad. That That's ending uh, the sense in a preposition and all. Is it? Okay, I, mean, I know where you can get some good stuff. I saw my English teacher from high school the other day, and I said, I just want to let you know I'm corrected all the time. And she said, I knew that you had that. I knew that you had the potential, Bart, of being very bad at English. And I am. That's okay. There was the great Winston Churchill quote about that. That is the type of errant pedantry up with which I shall not put. <laughs> so Heartland... Producing the catfish fillets. You got the catfish nuggets. And uh, go to heartlandcatfish.com. You'll find good grammar there. 
Yes, yes, you will. The people that write on that website are fantastic. Hey, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Tracks Plus, Tracks Plus with heavy machinery. Country Pleasing, go to countrypleasing.com. Startwell.org. Make sure you come to the Wiener Dog Race. That's on Friday, right? It is. No, it's on Saturday. Saturday. Saturday Wiener Dog Race. Don't miss it. It'll be a good thing. Heartland Catfish, and then our good friends at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.